0: Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Well, hi everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ed Kless, and I'm here live at AICPA Engage 2022. My guest right now is Ian Vason,
1: From Carbon, welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Thanks for having me, Ed. I'm super excited to be here. Super excited to actually be three-dimensional with you and be on the floor at the AACP Engage Conference.
0: I've been saying it's good to be seen, not just viewed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You're not on a screen. That's uh, literally the size of a six-by-nine-inch square. It's crazy. It's crazy. But it is good to be back. And and, I wanted to ask you, so why do you do what you do? You know, we were, you know, I was having this conversation with you a little bit earlier, but again, with some folks uh, last weekend when we had some folks together from our conference. But, you know, where I came into what we do is actually my passion stemmed from the fact of uh, I was unsuccessful uh, with my own business uh, forays back in the 90s. Um, I decided that I was going to take over some leadership roles, and I learned that the finance function is extremely important for a business. When uh, my own, the company that I work for, Um, Ultimately had a VC that embezzled the money, ran off. And uh, we lost, we had $3 million in the bank one day, $0 the next. Spent nine months getting bridge loans. We had all our credit cards on the table. I walked away. Uh, We ended up laying off over 100 people. It was probably the lowest point that I've ever had. And I decided at that point that... I would go back to grad school, try to try to learn from my mistakes. Um, that was a very humbling moment and that I would dedicate what I would do to understand the importance of finance, understand the importance of the partners that work with you in a business front and support them so that someone else wouldn't have to go through the same experience I did. And that's what started my career and it's now culminated to, you know, 20 plus years in the profession and running carbon these days. And briefly, what would you describe what carbon does? Carbon, uh, you know, now we talk about, we've always talked about as workflow management or work management. We're now, the practice management term I think has been thrown around a bit. I think that has many different connotations, but we're how work gets done. We're not where it gets done. Um, You're going to do that within the different systems that you prefer to use, but we're there on that left screen, helping you know what you're doing next, prioritizing your day, being able to coordinate that between your, your team members and with your clients, so that you ultimately have all the context you need so you can actually move things forward. And one of the big things, the challenges that I think a
0: lot of folks face, not only just in, in the accounting space, but I guess any place where knowledge workers congregate is capacity planning. Yeah. And you've been doing a lot of thinking about that recently. <laughs> so tell, tell me what you, what you what, what's your latest thoughts on capacity. So
1: we, we've had this back and forth. Okay. So it's, it goes back to the billable hour. We've talked about this at length. And I've struggled with the concept of, you know, what are you billing for but understanding what is your velocity what is your resources what are you able to attain from the system that you've put in place and I mean system in terms of both people and technology people primarily and so you have a resource pool and so how do you distribute that resource pool in a dynamic environment when you're working in the accounting profession you're working in knowledge work Work moves around. It doesn't stay always in the same place. When I was in manufacturing, you know, it's a work line. It's the, an assembly line. It's, it's an assembly gonna, line. Gonna, <laughs> you, know, you know, when I was doing semiconductor, you knew what the aligner did. You knew what the developer did. You knew when it went into the post-process. It's a very defined process. You can measure it. You sit there with a stopwatch, and you know exactly what it's going to do. And you were talking about the goal, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at capacity planning, and you look at how do you do the modeling of a Kanban system just in time. It's quite easy to do that. But when you're dealing with people, there's variability. Um, when you're dealing with work that can be assimilated by different people, and you have people who go out because they're sick, or, you know, they've taken the day off, everything gets upended. And so it becomes, capacity becomes a much more amorphous thing. But it's not as complicated as I think it needs to be. And so we've been working pretty heavily on trying to understand, well, how do we make that super simple for somebody so they know, Well, it's not just what I work on this month, but what I work on this quarter. What does next quarter look like? What do I need to think about resource-wise do I need to add? How is my mix going to change? You know, what is the pool that I have? How do I cross-train? How do I make sure that um, I'm able to protect myself? This is actually, you know what, memorable moment with you and with Ron Baker which was the analogy of the airline. Do you remember Mm. this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so the easy answer... Adaptive capacity. Adaptive capacity. And, you know, it came down, it sticks with me today. I still use it in slides. You know, always plan your capacity to be at 85% to allow for those first-class seats to, to, so you can bring somebody on. So I think that is the simplification answer. But for me, as an academic, I want to get to the definitive answer, which is I want to get to 99%, right? Within the capacity that's allocated, that sure still might be that eighty five percent. You don't
0: want ninety nine percent capacity. You no, know, right.
1: I want 99 percent. I guess I, I'm going to use the word utilization, which yeah. I don't want to use. Right. But of the eighty five percent that you've allocated, because yeah. you always need to have that excess capacity that you're going to use for work on your firm, um, or you're going to take on that best, that new client. Mm-hmm. But how do you know predictively that you're going to get to that maximum quantity that you want? And that's what I've been maniacally trying to think through. And you and I have talked about it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because it really is, you know, the the analogy. Ron and
1: I use is it's it's not timesheets it's
0: timesheets in advance which is a far different concept and and people are like well no it's the same thing no it no, is very no, very, very different, different.
1: <laughs> yeah what I did in the past doesn't necessarily where I'm going forward I, I should be helping hopefully, hopefully accelerating mm-hmm. and you know if I'm having a Again, effective billing rate not necessarily the best thing, but my effective billing rate should increase over time as I become more capable, mm-hmm. become more knowledgeable, right? And so looking backwards doesn't necessarily tell you what you're doing forwards. However, you want to be looking at what your prior progress has been or what, what you're trending so that you can better estimate your budgets. Mm-hmm. Now, where it, where it gets a little bit funky is, you know, Ed, you're much more capable than I am. I'm a bit slower. uh, and so, you know, people are different, and you have to be able to understand that and understand how you're going to allocate them. It gets more complicated the smaller the firm is because you're wearing many hats. It gets a little bit easier when it's bigger because you're more isolated and, and allocated into a particular spot. Um, but there's that variation that makes those models more complicated. The bigger the data set, the longer that you look out, the easier it becomes because the big data washes itself. You know, you're going to make mistakes on one side of it and mistakes mix the other, and generally it balances out. But the more granular and more finite, and the smaller the time horizon is, the more variability that you might have and complications. Let
0: me ask you a question that might be a little bit out of. Did I go way? Did I go no, way academic no, on this? No, this is <laughs> this is outstanding. Uh, th- 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 let me ask you a question that because this is Ron, Ron. and I have been Ron Baker, the guy I do the the Soul of Enterprise with. Great um, podcast, by the way. Thank you, yes, sir. <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, we've been we've been thinking about this the moving moving professional firms to the subscription model. Yes, which. Changes it because you. W- w- one of the things we used to say is is, is with with uh, with with pricing by the hour, you are pricing the services. You don't want to do that. What we said is we wanted you to price the customer in in value pricing. Right. But in subscription, what our mantra is: no, you want to price the portfolio, mm-hmm. meaning you're going to spread your prices across a portfolio, a pool, a risk pool. If that's the case. It might diminish the importance of capacity planning to some extent because now you're not looking at the individual engagements, you're looking at this as more of a pool, which is in alignment with what you're saying, the flow.
1: I gotta so I gotta disagree. And then you can push, but no,
0: I'm I love pushing back. You I'm gonna disagree. Push back.
1: So here's here's the complexity of that particular viewpoint. So we have this issue where um, you have bundled services and you have a subscription, and now I'm trying to figure out a cost, right? Well, what is the monthly accounting service versus what is the quarterly you're in? And then now now I've got to do this sort of guesstimate of what the allocation is. I agree, that's a disaster, right? You're mm-hmm. just gonna go down, you're gonna doesn't go down, matter. you're gonna go down, rubble well, It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. It's whatever they're paying up front. But where the issue comes in is now, depending on the size of the firm, you have allocation of resources of different types that need to be isolated in each one of those buckets. And you can't just round it because somebody might not be able to do the function of some other piece, and it might be a limited Hmm. scarce resource. So you might have a portfolio that you're selling, but you might actually have a, a high scarcity. and. Let's say it's payroll. Um, we'll just use that as an example. I only got two payroll specialists. You go ahead and sell a bunch of services on a subscription, on a package deal, across the span of services that we have. Well, I now have a limited set of resources I can do, and I've got to pull less efficient resources into that mix. Now, it's essentially, its cost is going up. Mm. And so you have to understand the, the mix, the balance, the timing – um, and also the duration of what's happening there. And I think that's, that's what I struggle with. That's what I think through in terms of I'm looking at what are the roles... Was the capability in those roles? How can they be spread across, and what is the mix that's going to consume that over whatever the time period is, and can it meet the requirements that you've set? And I think that's very much independent of when we're talking about subscription and billing and what you're getting on the revenue line, because resource and those are, they have to work complementary, but they may not be in alignment in terms of exactly how they're being perceived.
0: You almost have to bring into the, to, to the mix what's in sports is known as a depth chart, right? Of, yeah. Of a, a, a skill matrix kind of thing.
1: At the end of the day, if I don't have resources, it's just going to keep going up the ladder of command. Uh-huh. It's still, I'm the owner. I'll, I'll get in there and get the payroll done. It's the worst use of the resource because um, it's probably the most expensive one. And you know, but it, it, it's what has to be done to get to what's right for the client. To get yeah, the throughput right for the client. Wow. well, to be
0: continued. But we have an exit <laughs> question that we ask all of our guests, Ian, and that is, who is a hero of yours, and why are they a
1: hero? You know, I think it's actually a bit timely at just where we are in the season. So my hero is actually my dad. Uh, I don't know if that's a classic standard answer, but my dad was in the military for thirty five years. He worked three jobs, and what he taught me was perseverance. He taught me about the fact that everybody here is as equal. And as, as important as everybody else. Nobody is above that. I, I, I was born to, my mom was a teacher, my dad was in the military, my grandparents were, my, was a beautician, my other, my other grandparent was a janitor, and the other side of my family was farmers. And so, you know, your job here is to make the world a better place. And your job is to be committed to what you think is impactful and important. And those sit with me. And, and, you know, I feel like, uh, the service that he did, does uh, not necessarily as appreciated, but it can be appreciated by the acts that we do in trying to drive things forward. And so mine isn't in that same, same sort of things that he does, but mine is into the profession. And I wouldn't have done what I did with starting the business that we had eight years ago, and I wouldn't be as committed if it wasn't for the fact of that upbringing.
0: And lastly, Ian, how can somebody contact you?
1: You know, if you Google my name, you can get every information about me. You can probably find my personal address, but, you know, go ahead and email me at ian at carbonhq.com or just search my name and you'll get it. Uh, But I'm, I'm, I'm just like you, Ed. I'm accessible to anybody at any time. I, I love this stuff. This, this, this is, this is, for me, this is the, the, the things I can think about and talk about all the time.
0: All right, Ian Vason. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. review and subscribe by searching your podcast player of choice for Sage Thought Leadership Podcast.